in the world of tournaments, when you fall, you get up right quick, right? Yes. If you can. If you can. Yeah, if yeah. you can. So, yeah, um, I hit the deck, and I was like, well, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> Straight up, I stood up, fixed my uniform, like, well, that was a flop. What's up, guys? Today's guest is a world-renowned tricker, martial arts competitor, and the owner of Evolutionary Martial Arts. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Yes. Josh Durbin. What is up, everybody? Travis! <laughs> what is up, dude? <laughs> don't know if you can tell, man. I'm so stoked dude, right now, Dude, this is man. so cool because, uh, as you guys can know from the audience, I'm sure, we are not in the Jamcast studio. We are on the You're road not. right now. Yeah, Roading it, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're in uh, Salt Lake City right now, which in is... Uh, great Salt Lake. It's pretty dope, nice. dude. And where uh, where do you live out here? I live on uh, the Layton-Clearfield border. So, like, I'm cool. technically Clearfield, Utah, so people mostly kind of know where Clearfield is. Yes. Um, Layton's, like, a bigger city. So, if you're trying to think, like, hey, where are you at? If you call it Layton... Clearfield, it's all the same. Thing, How many man. minutes from Salt Lake City is it? Uh, right. It took me like 22 minutes to get here, so it's it's nothing. So not nothing too far. Nothing but a breeze on the highway. That's bro. crazy, Simple. man. And at what point did you make the move to Utah? Because if, if for as long as I remember, you were in Colorado for some point, yes, right? sir. So. I spent a lot of time in the CO. Yeah. Uh, I moved out to the great state of Utah in February of 2011. Wow. And yeah. what was the reasoning for moving? Was it to open the studio and transition? No. It wasn't to open a studio, it was actually to help run another studio. So oh. uh, during my competitive years, I was actually sponsored by a studio that was out here. Um, it was called Pinnacle Martial Arts. Yes. Um, Pinnacle Martial Arts brought me out for a few summers to run their like kicks and trips, like summer camps and all that. So I'd come out and do a, a week-long summer camp, teach them how to flip and do like creative and extreme forms <laughs> and weapons. And uh, at the end of it, always on the weekend, there was like their city event, kind of like a carnival days type yes, thing. Yes. And I would perform with their students that I taught and demo team and everything. Then I'd, I'd just go back home to Colorado. Damn. And then, uh, the last year I was out, um, the owner, Shelly, she's like, Hey, I have a full-time teaching position for you. If you'd like to take the opportunity and be a part of our studio. And I went home and I sat on the idea for about three to six months, really kind of weigh my options. Like what was yeah. going on for me in Colorado? If there's anything there for me at the time. And yeah, man, I made the hop over the mountains wow. straight to Utah, you know, and, that's wild. And, and it's been wild ever since. Have you, you know? lived, did you live your entire uh, majority of your life in Colorado? Like, weren't you technically born in California? I was. Yeah, yes. right, yeah. He's knows his stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> He's done his research. Yeah, dog, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. I was born in Pomona, California. Okay. Um, and I lived up in the Victorville, Apple Valley area, high no desert. Way. We passed you by know? that on the way to Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you will every time. Okay. Um, I lived there till I was, gosh, right in about third grade. And okay. then in third grade, we moved to Colorado Springs. Dope. Um, I lived in Colorado Springs for there. And then I moved to Parker uh, once I got into fourth grade. And that's where I live for the majority of my life, uh, Parker, Colorado, um, up until I graduated out of high school a couple of years and then over to Utah. I mean, we did move back to California in like eighth grade. Okay. And then right back to Colorado. Where, like my dad's job kind of moved us like that, but where's like Parker in relation to Denver or Colorado Springs? Cause I know Colorado Springs is like an hour and a half from Denver, right? Yeah. So, so. I'm like the, I'm like pretty much that midway point. Oh, dope. Yeah. So like in the middle of the both ways, exactly. that's crazy. Yeah. So it was great. Man. That's kind of cool, man. And honestly, like, uh, those are both cities that like nowadays in 2020, they're considered some of the top 10 cities to live in, in the U S oh, absolutely, which is crazy. Sure. And you were like right in the middle. And now like f as far as movement, concerned it's a mecca for parkour you got all the apex it's gyms nuts, 
man. All the it tricking is. groups are out there now and Dude, stuff. Colorado's heavy. It's crazy. Shout yeah. to Colorado. Y'all are heavy <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. Heavy hit. What, what was the scene like back when you were growing up, though? Was it as big as it is now as prevalent, or um, was it, it just It wasn't growing? as big. Uh, honestly, we were, it was still, like, spread out in a sense. Like, I mean, you kind of know, like, tricking back in the day, it wasn't even, like tricking right yeah. like you had like kids in their studio doing like extreme kicks sport karate yeah so um the scene wasn't very big i mean uh as far as the crew i ran with i ran with the aeroform crew which was yes. ran by the professor the man dan Mr. good old dan, dan perez, perez yes. man yes so it was uh the crew i trained with the most was it was dan uh nick vale uh john nice uh ty matsu man yeah. brian ty man yes good old ty wow old. um uh, let's see who else is on uh, Chance was a part of it uh, back in the day. Uh, so that was kind of like the main like dudes I really hung out with a lot okay. when I was tricking. And then we would make, you know, trips up to Colorado Springs, you know, see good old Luis yes. out there every now and again. <laughs> yeah. We're so. about to, uh, we're on the next leg of our trip. We are going to Denver. Yes. And so we're going to meet up with all the homies and Luis is going to drive up too. So. Heck yeah, yeah dude. No. Good old Luis, yeah, man. man. That's crazy. So you were there back in the, the basically the beginnings of the Denver scene back when it was just, just starting to pop off because we've had Dan Prez on the show. So yeah, we've absolutely. talked about like the origins of the Denver scene For back sure. then. Yeah, so it was, uh, I met Dan at a local karate tournament. It was called, it's CK and it still runs today. It's the Colorado Karate Association. Okay. And we were at a tournament and... I was like flipping around doing stuff, and so was he. Uh, I was hecka young. I think the first experience we had together okay. was kind of like a little like bratty kid doing flips and stuff. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? I don't know. You don't know no flips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing things, and uh, and that kind of got older into the teen years is when we kind of re met up again and really started tricking with him. And then, uh, yeah, man, it was cool tricking yeah. with Dan. I felt like uh, he had the controller sometimes. Yes, you yes. know. So I mean, he could just explain stuff. It's crazy. It'd be like. For my brain to work, you'd be like, oh, just do this and kick your leg out or yada yada. And it's just like, like click. So sometimes I felt like a little lab rat with him. Totally. Sometimes yeah, just yeah. Clicking He's just buttons trying and stuff. Just yeah. Having a good time, which was super cool, though, because like that's just the level up process. And, you know, he'd push me and like Nick would be there. So like when Nick's going in, I'm going Everyone's in. Going Everybody's in. Yeah, just going yeah. in. It was crazy. But yeah, it was very, uh, it was very cool, very like, awesome group. I know your style was obviously influenced by your martial arts background because like it's been as part of your life the entire time. But was your style at all influenced by Dan's discovery and development of CMA? Because one thing I noticed about some of the trickers that tricked with him was you guys did hit a lot of vertical axis variations that Absolutely. a lot of people overlooked. Yeah, so it, I definitely say it's both. I mean, uh, in the competitive martial arts world, back when I was competing as a kid, it was like the standard of if you did katas, you had to throw kicks in there. Yes. Like, it was even, like, written into the criteria of the rules at certain tournaments or certain leagues. Like, hey, you have to throw at least three kicks without putting your foot on the floor. You have to do at least some type of jump kick variation. Yep. So it's kind of like a thing. Like, if you're going to be in a martial arts tournament, you have to show – martial arts skills so like yeah like all your tornadoes skip crescents 540s cheat sevens real seven like all that stuff was kind of like the norm yes they yeah, kind of yeah. guys your basics and then yeah working with like dan i mean he took everything from like you can do it here you can do it here papa yes you exactly. can do it here papa. you just gotta change your vice like if you can do it like this there's no reason you really can't do it like this or like this totally you just have to change up you know obviously how you do it there's some workings there but if you have the basic idea like it so totally work out. I just got to ask from someone that was on the outside, but seeing Dan at the time, was he always able to do everything on both sides? Oh, or did dude. you did you watch the journey progress? Uh, it's, it was crazy. There's times I saw him, like, learning things okay. on the opposite side. But most times, like, it'd be so technical. Like, 
Dan's that man, dude. Like he, he really had, is. I think, like I know he has like a bat cave somewhere, man. Like I know Dan has some <laughs> secret like bat cave trampoline dude, thing going right? on. You yeah, know, like yeah. his, he'd show up and whether on a grass session one way, then the other way. Like it was hardly ever like you would at least see him like struggle. Um, it was kind of like all of us, right? If you're like together. You're kind of like, oh, I don't want to struggle right now. Yeah, kind of yeah. want to pull it off. But, I mean, there'd be those times where we would just all be eating the dust very often, you know? <laughs> Dan but doesn't there, like falling. There are some times I like, would be at dust, and, and he's got some years on me, so he's definitely like, yo, woo-woo, falling's not a good time for this guy. <laughs> Cannot be doing it, exactly. you know? Uh, but, yeah, for sure. But I definitely saw a little bit of both sides, mainly, though, like, if he was trying to throw something on the other side, you could tell he's totally confident. Yes. And if he threw it, it was like, dude. 90% this boy is going to land this like right now, which yeah. is the illest to see. When so he came cool. to, to jam and start taking over our program, he would trick a jam obviously every day. And it was funny. I would get a text from him when he's like, ah, oh, dude, I fell today. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you yes. fell one time. That was the Absolutely. event today. Yeah. He's like, I fell today. I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's crazy, man. So before we like, you know, talk about some of the stuff that you've done in tricking and about current day, like kind of set the stage for people when did your martial arts journey officially begin and when did you start formally competing on like mbl and stuff like that right. okay here we go taking it back yeah back yeah, in the day cafe back. Right yeah, now. yeah um i started martial arts at the age of four and a half okay um and i started up in that victorville apple valley area because that's where we were living at the time um, my mom was a waitress at denny's and uh, her best friend um her daughter did karate um and she's Dope. like hey i think your son might like this because i was the kid at home watching ninja turtles jumping off couches. I mean, my first exposure, like cool martial arts stuff. And one of my favorite films was Jackie Chan's rumble in the Bronx. Yes. That man doing all his own stunts, jumping Classic. rooftop, rooftop and all that. And I was like, yo, I want to be that yes. Jackie, man. I want to do some karate like that. So, uh, she threw me into it, which, uh, I'm surprised I made it. Cause like my first week I was, the cry kid, you know, no I was way. like scared. My, my instructor just scared me for some reason, man. <laughs> you got there and were like, yeah, I don't know. Like my idea of karate and what karate was when yeah. I got there, like was totally different. Totally. So, uh, yeah, but I made it through that little like rough patch and, um, I, uh, started competing at like five and a half. So okay. pretty much a year after I started doing it, um, the studio I grew up in like was a blessing for me because it was technically like a competitive studio. So once I got into it, like Dope. the people ahead of me were already like, hitting NBL super grants and becoming world champions and being on like teams and being looked at. So like I was just the little runt that came in and like do karate, but I didn't know at the time that the people ahead of me were just like slaying it. I mean, at one point, like David Douglas was at our studio doing oh, training snap. stuff and everything. So like I saw him like when I was very young, like six, you know, dreaded yeah, yeah. it up doing his butterfly twist studio. And I was like, yo, what is this? Dude, that's such a blessing to be into a, a competitive school in the beginning. A lot Absolutely. of kids have to seek it out as they get better. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I just somehow just don't pond it. Like wow. my mom just knew the lady and she's like, yeah, my daughter does karate and competes and she's good at it and try it with your son. And yeah, man, walked into it and there was. it was. Was it a traditional TKD? Was it WTF or what was it? What was it the was style? It was kind of like a traditional, uh, it was, geez. I don't want to butcher name. It's Chunjdo Kwan, okay. which is you know a Taekwondo that's style. A tough one to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I remember like when my instructor told me that I was like the Huda. What the yeah, what? Like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, uh, that you're was like, kind of like our main style for like katas and stuff or anything. And then as far as like creative forms, extreme forms, weapons, all that, our instructor kind of just came up with them for everybody. Just one wow. dude like putting stuff together. Of course, the older kids had a little more leadway. They could like pull some things they liked the most, which I started to do when I got older. He kind of gave me that, like the reins a little bit, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, do stuff you like. But um, yeah, I mean, he developed all of our katas. Um, he developed like our music. Uh, the man wow. would hand sew competitive uniforms Dang. for us. Like 
all, the all back, in, yeah, dude. all of it, man. Holy like, crap. if you see in the old videos of me wearing sequin uniforms and stuff, the man sewed them together. And yeah. yeah, like so. I mean, he was like in it heavy, you know, on the competitive martial arts side and traditional martial arts side. So that's crazy, yeah. man. And so, at what point did you get exposed to tricking? Were your was your first introduction within the karate school? Then just adding it elements. Was, you know? Yeah. So my instructor actually had a uh, lady who taught gymnastics. Oh, and cool. She'd come to the studio once a week, and she would teach. All of our the competitive kids, pretty much everybody doing gymnastics. So, nice. um, I mean, as far as like gymnastics side of karate, I mean, I was doing aerials at like six, back handstands at six, whips wow. at like seven, uh, doing Arabians at seven. So, like, she was just like in there because I mean, being in the karate scene, if you want to win a creative division, that's what it was called, like open musical or whatever the old terms yes. back in the day. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna have any chance in that, you kind of had to do something different. Yeah, and then I mean. As far as, like, exposure to tricking, I mean, I guess I was tricking when tricking became a term. To- pretty right? much, yeah, You yeah, know, that's yeah, kind of yeah, when totally. it came around when they started doing extreme kicks yeah. contest, kicks and flips contests. We're talking about the 90s, guys. Yes, exactly. Yes, we are. We're talking about the 90s. was the term. So, I mean, the big exposure to that is when I was seeing uh, people, like, higher level than me, like, doing uh, different stuff. So, I mean... The, kind of like the blessing to go back of me being in a studio with people older than me doing stuff i mean i kind of got just i kind of like that vip pass yeah, right so i went dude. to a tournament i can hang out totally. with like the older kids on my team who are like competing alongside like daryl lewis yes. and you know uh, ben brown yes and, uh, davidoff and like all these like crazy people and uh Tarati, all of them so like even when they're like in their teen years like 12 to 14 to 15 to 17 i was the you know eight-year-old kid yeah. I'm going like monkey see, monkey do. Like, oh, what? I don't know what that flip is. It looks like a tornado kick on a different axis, which is be like a raise, raise. now, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'd be in the studio, like, just flipping my, flipping my body around. So yeah. that was kind of like my exposures. I got gymnastics at a young age in my studio to help with our karate routines. And then seeing different, like, kick stuff or anything just came from the open circuit. Like, yeah. oh, okay. And then, like, luckily, people in my studio knew some things like there's kids that were doing fools and like wow. stuff and it was like man that's cool and you know hitting 540s uh, and everything so i kind of had that exposure there and i got to see other stuff when i went to tournaments and like oh that's cool and just watch it monkey see monkey do man it's karate Dude. all day i'd go into the hotel room and be on that mattress just like <laughs> just bouncing wrecked. my mom be like knock it off i'm like not nah, i just saw this, this. yeah i'm yeah. telling you Dude, I'm so jealous of you, man, because I was raised in a traditional kung fu school where uh, my parents, like, were the owners of it. So, like, they didn't even have a kid's program until I was born. So, like, I'm super jealous of people that went into a school where they had, like, other teenagers ahead of them that they could look up to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was definitely lucky in that that retrospect because I just got placed in in a place that just just did it, you know? So dope. It was was awesome, and it it was good for me. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad I made it through and my instructor saw some of me because, like I said, that first, like, week, man, I was just, like, a mess, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. I was a mess. At, at what age did you uh, did you start competing then? Uh, so my first tournament, I believe, I was five, maybe five and a half. Okay. Um, it was... Uh, Cecil Peoples tournament. Wow, I know, I know Cecil, man. Good old Cecil. A yeah. lot of people don't know Cecil Peoples actually is a judge for UFC and MMA matches he around is, the world. Yes, and uh, he's got uh, Peoples Kimball Karate, mm-hmm. which is all over the place. I mean, they got a bunch of schools out in you know Colorado, schools yeah. in California, schools in Texas. You know, I mean, uh, great program. Yeah, but good old Cecil. He was yep. my first tournament wow. in a high school gymnasium. Yep, Howard floor. Yes, yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, I remember uh, vividly because you know. Um, my uh, my upbringing like they like to bring it up you know my first term I did my kata I was such I was a shy kid so like 
I barely introduced myself. <sighs> I did my form and I like ran right out of the ring. Like I didn't yes. bow in. Nothing. You didn't wait I for the like, yeah. Skirt right out of there. Like I was done. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really place, but you know, the teammates around me were fucking nice to me and everything. So, Yo. and I just kept going because I mean, trial, trial, right? You yeah, gotta, yeah. You gotta get through it. So, was there a moment that like clicked in your head when you took things a little bit more seriously? Because at a certain point, you were kind of like a fixture on the NBL circuit. So, like, you were hitting up all of the tournaments. Yeah, the absolutely. So, um, it started getting serious when I obviously started getting like better at doing things. So, like, when I was, geez, uh, kind of like start becoming like seven years old and okay. then like, kind of getting out of that beginner division. Like, I started kind of winning the beginner division after my first, like, year of, like, trial and error and, like, messing up. And then, like, I started getting better and winning. And, like, uh, I wasn't so shy anymore. I wasn't so scared. I had to go through, like, that breakthrough moment. Of course. You know? Um, My biggest thing when I was a kid was, like, I didn't like making noise. I didn't like keying. I was that shy kid. And, like, uh, the thing that had a breakthrough for me, it's, uh, it's crazy. Like, I did a full private lesson with my instructor of just looking at the mirror, yelling. Wow. Straight up. Just to break Making through. faces, key eyeing, punching, just letting it out. And then after that, I was like, it was kind of like almost like some armor. I was like, well, yeah. I'm not scared of this anymore. So, like, let's go. So, totally done. And that's when I started experimenting. I uh, was doing round off back handsprings in the studio. And I'm like, if I just jump higher and skip my hands, like, what's the worst going to happen? And land my first whip. And I was like, all right. Like, no way. There's kind of something here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and once you start going to tournaments and you're winning divisions and getting trophies, you're like, oh, I guess this is kind of something and it's weird to like realize at a young age right like when people are coming up to you that you don't know mm-hmm. like oh hey it's nice to meet you and you're like hi and you're like i have no idea who you are but like exactly. you know you're like eight like okay like yeah. nice to meet you and then uh i mean that kind of clicked for me younger um my first year in the in the nbl as a black belt was just a dud wow. like um because i mean you can slay it in underbelt divisions the black belt's a different animal, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're going, uh, to like super grands and going to these tournaments that have like kids that you've never seen before, you know, from like the East coast and stuff. So, I mean, underbelt divisions were, were hard, but manageable, you know, my first, yeah, yeah. you know, year, um, it's gotta be at least my first year for sure. Um, maybe first year and a half in NBL as a black belt was a hard time for me. I yeah. mean, I was getting beat. I wasn't winning anything and I was kind of, a. A gut punch, you could say, you know, like totally. to go from like winning and everything and then just getting, oh, and you're just like, yo, all yeah. right, but you don't quit, right? So went home and uh, worked really hard. And then uh, within that next coming year, uh, 2001, uh, was pretty much the best super grands I had. Got five. Um, got five. Yeah. Oh, man, this guy. <laughs> Come okay. on, my dude. Okay. All right. I should have known. I should have known. Five, five titles know that year. Stuff. I know. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, so 2001, um, yep, yep. five world titles. Uh, my first one um, was with my teammate, Brandon Hastings, doing okay. a team bow cut, which was like so awesome. And honestly, I got to give a huge shout out to Brandon anyways, because uh, he, uh, came out to Colorado and he was the one that actually helped me produce my weapon kata, oh, my form dope. kata. We did team weapons and like team forms is pretty much done like the first night of super grand. So like after winning that title, oh, yeah, right. kind of got in yeah. that mindset of like, yo, let's go. Yeah. Like I got one, you know, and I got one with Brandon. It was cool. But, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean that first five and after that, I think that's kind of what started really that catapult. Gave you the like, momentum, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I can do this. I can make it. I can win. Let's go. Let's, totally, see, let's just see where it goes. That's and just kind of kept riding that way for like ever almost it seemed like. Yeah, you got to ride it once you hit that momentum. Because a lot of people don't understand also is like you could be the best in the world and it's not to 
talk down upon NBL or NASCAR or any of these circuits, but let's be very honest. There's a little bit of politics involved in them. Oh, yes. And when you make that transition oh, yes. to a new age group or a new belt division, you're not always going to win even if you should have won necessarily. Absolutely. you got to kind of, I don't know, they, they make you pay your dues or, or make sure yes. you're going to show up to the next tournament, not just yeah, come you're and win. Uh, you're the new kid on the block. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, I mean, uh, it's adversity, right? You're like, you're going to deal with it all the time yeah. in life. No matter what you do, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be jumps and bumps in the road, and you just got to handle that. So, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, going from, you know, an underbelt division, I mean, going from like a novice, white belt, yellow, you know, white, yellow, orange belt, and hopping into uh, blue, green, purple, you know, going up to that part, like, you know, those kids have trained longer, totally maybe a little bit better, yep. you know, and like, yeah, you could be winning all year and then step up and get like fifth place, yep, yep, sixth place. And it's like, yo, what happened? It's like, well, the mother four or five kids in front of you, they're bully up, yo, they're yeah. like doing their thing. So they've been around. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, dog. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Um, but I know, I know the first time that I ever saw you. I don't think we are. So and let's, and, let's and, and I think it. that you would think it's a tricking thing, but it wasn't. The first time I ever saw young Josh Durbin was at a tournament held by Don the Dragon Wilson. No. Oh, you Hollywood t- Classics. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was there, bro. Because, no uh, you know, I'm an L.A. kid, born and raised. You know what I'm saying? And this this was right around the time where uh, a lot of people were telling me, like, I needed to get away from winning all the, the Kung Fu tournaments and go into, like, the yes. mainstream NBL uh tpa you know what i'm saying like yes. they, they had TPA. yeah exactly <laughs> so like mid 90s is when i broke over and i was like going on to tpa mbl and all that yeah, stuff absolutely. but i didn't compete at dawn's that year my dad was like let's just go watch and uh i think you won two of those right i wow yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> we're getting in deep yeah uh, yeah so don the dragon wilson's tournament um he had this division it was like all ages adults yes all belt ranks. Everything. Everything. Like, and you just compete. That's and, what I'm saying. That's what that, was so unique. People don't that's know. It. That's it. Like, it was nuts. Like, I mean, even as a kid in underbelt divisions, right? Like, um, if you did, like, open musical, it was 17 and under. Always. And, you know, and it was, like, your belt, like, level in a sense. Or at least it was, like, okay, 17 under color belts. Yes. And the, yeah. You know, like, they didn't throw black belts in there. Like, thank God. Because, yes. like, I don't think anybody would do competitions. Like, what is this? <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, it was like that. It was adults. It was everybody. You didn't, it didn't matter what age you were, what belt color you were, you competed. Yep. And yeah, uh, the first time I did it, um, I won, yep. which I was like, yo, okay. I think I was seven. Yeah. Yeah. This is seven. It's maybe. like 97, 98. Yeah. I, think. Yeah, I yeah. was like seven, maybe eight years old, uh, green belt, I think. Wow. So it was kind of like after my trial year, right? Like, thank goodness I got into that. Not in my like bad first year yeah, right yeah um so i won that and the don drag wilson thing is like when you won you got to be in a part of one of his movies yep. he was filming as like an as like an extra in the background so so funny pretty cool, you know? so like, funny hey, yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so i won the the first one i did and then i believe that next year he did again i won the the second one which was cool and yeah, it was, that's a, it was a that's crazy throwback, time. Right? It was a heck of a throwback. I remember Dude. that that division would literally take like almost all day. Yeah, because like it was would everybody. They would give you a call time. They'd yeah. be like, hey, like, um, they're organized. They'd be like, hey, you're going to need to show up from this time to this time. Um, and I remember the, what was it? It was, geez, was it the first one? It was either the first or the second one. Like, I got done competing, and they're still going. Like, I was, I was at the pool, man. Hours. Hanging out, yeah, and yeah. they're like calling me out of the pool like, yo, Josh. 
you won. You got to get in there, man. And I'm like swimming around, like just looking. I was like, huh? My mom's like, get out the pool. Like I go in there drenched in a towel. No just like, way. I'm here. Like, so <laughs> like yeah, you fun. won. I was like, oh, cool. That's Thanks. crazy, dog. Yeah, I, I wanted to know if you remember that tournament because I, I, I distinctly remember because it was, it was like you said, open division. Yeah. Super long ago. It was nuts, yeah. man. I mean, there's, there's tournaments like that where I would, there's been times I fell asleep during a division. Totally. Because, like... So many people. Yeah, so many people. And you draw, like, the last card, right? They're like, oh, you're going to go, like, third to last. And there's, like, 40 people. And, it, like, legitimately people. 40 people totally. in a division. It, and they went split. They just ran it. And, like, you're just sitting there just... It could take... Because you guys got to think of a forum... Including the presentation of like, hey, my name is Josh Durbin yeah. representing. It could be a minute to two minutes per person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got 40 people. That's an hour and a half, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nuts, you it's know, nuts. and they have to like score them and everything, yeah. and deliberate. So I remember like being woken up like 10 people down from me like, hey, start warming up. Like, yeah, just yeah. napping out, you know, exactly. on the side. So, um, but yeah, Donna Dragon Wilson, Donna man, Dragon that Wilson, man. is a back Throwback, day. right? That yeah. is a throwback. Yes, I remember uh, that tournament. It's one of my... Uh, uh, my parents won their favorite tournaments that I competed in and won because I was kind of like a one of the staples at like a young age, right? Of yeah. Winning something like that totally. is definitely a staple on like the resume of yep, like yep. things you've done in like competition, right? So to win that is, at its time was one of the biggest things I believe at least that I could do at yeah, my 100%. age, you know? Because I mean, as a kid in karate, that's not a black belt. There wasn't really much for you. I mean, there was, and I'm thankful for everybody that threw tournaments, you know? And I mean, you always want the biggest trophy yeah, of course. and the biggest prize, yeah, right? Yeah. But some as far as like, hey, you could be like an extra in a movie. Like just to stand in the background, like totally. it's cool. Like, you know, you're like totally. seven years old <laughs> on a set. Just like, hey, yeah. and I was like, hey, I won that tournament. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So at what point did you make the transition to, you know, for lack of a better term, to the big boy realm where you started making it into NASCAR tournaments? Good old NASCAR. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was... I believe 15. Okay. Maybe. Um, first NASCAR tournament I did was New England Open. Oh, I wow. So you traveled to the yes, first one. Yes, I traveled there with uh, the Weaver clan. Oh, shout, shout out to the out. Weavers. Yes. Shout out Weavers. Yes. Uh, so I uh, traveled with uh, Tyler. I'm not sure if Riker went to that one, but I know Tyler okay. was there and uh, Stephanie, his yeah. mom. And we went together. Um, Tyler at that time, I believe, was already on Team AKA. Okay. Uh, representing Sharky. But yeah, that was my first like tournament I went to. And uh, yeah, uh, some people kind of knew me because there was like some crossovers, right? People yeah, like, did, like, some NASCAR people transitioned. So, like over. some people knew me, but like I was unknown to like, I'd say 90% of the NASCAR circuit. Totally. Which was good for me, I think, which is kind of great because I just kind of came it into really the division. Is, yeah. and it's like, oh, there's this new kid. And, you know, um, I was blessed by Sensei Sharky. He's an awesome dude. He let me uh, rep a Team Sharky uniform. No way. You know, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we just had a little pull in that. And I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yo, shout out to Sensei Sharky. <laughs> yeah. He's mentioned on this Jamcast so many times. Oh, man. Well-deserved. Yeah. We'll get into it. I've done the boot camps. <laughs> yes. Oh, well it is awesome, you know. Um, so, yeah, I got to wear his uniform in school, and I think that's kind of what – helped with my first exposure of like that first tournament in my name. Cause people were like, yo, who's this team Sharky kid that yeah. no one's cause usually people kind of know, right? Like totally. you competed in NASCAR and then you kind of get, you're either part of a studio or like you're from a different studio and they know you're working with them and that, and like no one really knew me. So I just came out of nowhere, team Sharky, 
uniform on and did my card. I didn't uh, place awesomely, which is okay. You know what I mean? That's kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, the NASCAR thing. Like, your top four that are seated are pretty heavy hitters. Like I mean, we talked know? about politics before. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Like, yeah. there's some politics in there. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say that it's so crazy. Like, it is hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, NASCAR is hard. You have to you have to pay your dues. You have to work hard. And if you're in the top four seated, like, you're doing something right. Yes. Like, not to be rude, right? Like, you're doing something right. Like, you got some skills. So, I didn't place awesome, but there's definitely... I made a good impression because they're like, oh, man, this kid's got some skills. I need a lot of work, though, okay, um, for sure, because, I mean, the way I was competing in NBL compared to NASCAR is a lot different. Yes. You know, so, I mean, uh, I had to make a good little transfer of how I was doing stuff. It was it was better for me. Um, but, yeah, that was my first tournament, New England Open. Dang. I was, like, 15. Crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. Wow. So, dude, I mean, we got to talk about it. The famous infamous video and the most infamous <laughs> thing probably that I'll that I'll relate to a NASCAR tournament was a, uh, and this was on Flash Pop 69's channel back in the day. Good old, old good old Cole. Yes, right? good old Cole. Good old Cole. And basically, for those that know the video, and I'm sure we'll put it on the screen right now. Uh, basically, Cole put out yes. a video where he said the first time Josh Durbin said he made it to stage, he told me he was going to throw a round off double back. This is true. And. Uh, Talk us through this story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's and, go. And how, how true How true is that? Is this something that you had in your mind forever that you wanted uh, to do? It was back? true. So uh, Cole and I were at Sharky's Boot Camp together. There so we like, go. There we there go. There it is, right? So uh, that first tournament in 2000, like when I was like 15, 16, something like that, that next year, summer, I went to Sharky's Boot Camp. Okay. And that's where I met Cole. Um, a lot of kids there. I mean, Sharky's Boot Camp brings in a lot of people. And, and for those who don't know, we're talking about Cole DeRoos. Yes. Yeah. There's yes. there's a few Coles in karate, so I there just is, wanted to clear that. There is a few, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so I, uh, he, he was there, you know, and we buddy up quite quick, you know, Dope. like he's a rad dude, you know, he threw some tricks and stuff. And um, I kind of knew him a little bit before, like see him a couple times or anything. Um but yeah, we were friends hanging out and talking. I actually landed my first double backflip at Sharky's boot camp. No way. Yeah, I think oh, there no. might be it may be on his channel somewhere. Flash was like, pop. Okay. Yeah, there's a an old video of me doing a round of double back. It's like, I don't know, maybe twenty seconds long. Dang. And there's just me in this green Sharky's t shirt and like blue pants, just run across the floor and just pop pop. So that's the first time I landed and I was like, yo. Was that non spring floor? Uh, it was spring. Okay. okay. Uh, it was like the one time we got to go to a gym during the whole I was going to ask because that was pre-Sharky Spring Floor. Oh, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, so it was like the one time we got to go to like a gym while we weren't in moments. Uh, uh, yes, yes. So when when we got there, like I just went AP, dude, because like Dang. I love tricking in gyms, right? And yeah, I didn't yeah. have any of that, you know, while we were totally, there. Totally, totally. Which is okay because we were working on like forms training and all this stuff to make us better, which is great. You know, and once we got to the gym, I slept loose, and I was just like, yo, I'm pulling dub right now. Yeah. Like, let's do it. I can. I know I can. So, uh, yeah, I totally made it around to my feet, and I was like, sweet. <laughs> Did that, and, uh, yeah, I was uh, talking to Cole. He's like, you think you ought to throw out a NASCAR tournament? And I was like, you know what? By the time I make it the stage, first time I make it, I'll, I'll throw. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. It's straight up, man. Like, I want my division, right? And he's like, so you can throw that double back? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls you out on it. <laughs> it's like, hey, you make a stage, you throw that double back. I'm like, you know, man, keeps his word, you no know? Way. You cashed that in the bank. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I won my car division, stuck it, and stage time came. It's time to throw a double back. And uh, oh. the crazy thing is before that, oh. uh, Cole, he met me up, uh, like, near the staging area, and there was a. 
Cole, uh, Jordan, who was on his team as well. Uh, little Mike Guthrie wow. was there. Young like, Mike. Young yeah, Mike. like 12-year-old Mike. Yeah. Um, I believe Mike's dad. And maybe Cole's brother, Brett, I believe was there. And we did like a whole little circle thing, man, talked about it. Dope. You know, They did a little prayer circle for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yo, keep sure. this guy safe. Which is Protect him. It could have been one of the reasons I didn't snap my neck, maybe. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> didn't land Woo! on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as far as the story of telling him, like, it's, yeah, it's straight so up. So Cole pretty much called you out and is like, yo, you get to do it today. And, and, uh, and, yeah, in a respectful sense, like, yo, you're making a stage. You're going to try to double back. And I was like, I'm here. So my I'm question for it. you is this. After you had landed at Sharky's, was Double Back a movie you had gone home and continued to practice over time? It was. Okay, so, so you had been like, throwing yeah, up. Yeah, I was on it. And uh, so where I opened up and where I fell straight out of yeah. the sky onto my head, <laughs> normally that's where like my opening point would be. Yeah. And I would just come right around to my feet. Um, I was doing it on spring floor within uh, two steps. So I would go step, step, round on Round up, bop. Bop, bop, bop. So I was training it and I was hitting it on grass within like, five six so like okay. i was like constantly getting into it and it just wasn't my night man i was it gonna ask if you it. landed them on non-spring floor but you had yeah obviously. i i okay. was i was actually training because after i hit it sharkies i was like dude this is ba and i don't know like wow. being like in nasca you want to be like hitting hard moves and doing tricks like mm-hmm. i remember uh i don't think i was one of the first ever but like doing like my creative my extreme kai going uh butterfly twist cork cork and going uh cork hyper cork like just yeah, pushing yeah. that limit of like doing things like that like doing multiple sets and it's like okay totally. and i when i hit double back it was kind of like that adrenaline drug of like yo i can do this i don't think anybody's ever landed at i was just gonna ask i don't think anyone's ever done i don't it that know I can if remember. anybody stomped it yet though i was at compete nationals before they shut everything down earlier this year and there was a there's a guy who threw it um, in his kata, and he made it to like all fours, I believe. I didn't see it, but no, I like wait, heard to about start it. his form, yeah, yeah, wow. straight up, straight up. Uh, gosh, name slits me at the moment. I can pull okay. up the IG and get out there. Shout out to you, homeboy. Like, I know yeah. if you see this, he was he was hecka close, but yeah, Dang. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody's landed yet, you know. Um, so I mean, yeah, someone will though. Someone will. Someone will. Damn, so someone so will. Here's what's crazy to me though, and for everyone that knows the story and has seen the video. You land on your neck. Do you realize like, oh, I just necked it really bad? Are you disoriented? Because you stand up and oh, you yeah. continue your form. Yeah. Uh, so in the world of tournaments, when you fall, you get up right quick, right? Yes. If you can. If you can. Yeah, if yeah. you can. So yeah, um, I hit the deck and I was like, well, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> Straight up, I stood up, fixed my uniform, like, well, that was a flop. Uh, not going to bow out, still need to do my kata. Um, and I was hecka dazed for sure. Um, there was like a video out there at some point of like my actual form, and you could just tell, like, Durbin is not home, bro. Not like, here. lights are on, but there is some wow. dazed and confused. So, yeah, first half of my form, I was, I was a little out of it, finished it. Uh, and then, yeah, people in the crowd were like, try it again. And I was like, well, okay. can't go any worse than it did the first time. And I made it a little bit farther. Let's not counter. Right? But I didn't land on my head the second time. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely a little, a little rocketed for totally. the first little part, but yeah, you know, that's sh- crazy. Shook it off ish. How far shortly after your form, did you do that second attempt? Was it after the division ended? Uh, so right when it got done, okay. um, so uh, shout out to Austin Crane. Yeah, yeah, I was competing yeah. against him because he won like the under uh, the underage division stuff. So he was like that guy. So got to compete against young Austin. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, you know, obviously he won, landed on my head. 
Duh. <laughs> Easy decision for the judges Easy for once. Right yeah, there, yeah. You know? No politics uh, on that no, one. No, no politics <laughs> on that one. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, he won. And then after we got out of that, you know, it's like, people were like, yo, let's do it again. No way. Went forward and tried, second shot at it. Got a little bit closer. Still a fail. Not to my feet. And I was like, all right, that's enough dubs for one I'm day. I'm done, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go chill with all the friends and hang out. And uh, yeah, so. That is hilarious, man. That's hilarious. And so how long did you officially compete on NASCAR before you hung up the... I don't know, hung up the competitive, you know, belt, so to speak. So I competed in NASCAR up until 2009. Wow, so a good I amount believe. of time. So I did it for a good three to four years yeah. or so because um, I did it for the full, like, 16 to 17 division. So I was 16, 17, and I was, like, 18 and 19 competing. Um, so I did it for a good few years, and within that time frame, you know, I – I uh, was on Team AK for, for Team Sharky and then transferred Team Pro, Pro Rank. Yeah, yeah. Yep, which was just heavy, heavy with a bunch of killers that time. I loved killers, it, man. Killers. I loved it, you know, him with Marcel I was and say Marcel you know, Jones. Uh, Mackenzie Emery yep. is a young one on yep, there, yep. you know. Uh, Hans yep. at the time. Shout out. You know, shout out. Uh, so, yeah, I did it for a good long while. Um, I kind of hit a good majority of my goals in NASCAR, you know, like once you get to that adult point in competing, you know, it's time to kind of like weigh your options, right? Like what, what should I do with my martial arts and stuff? Do I keep competing and like win some stuff and some prize money, which is cool and everything? Or do I, you know, get into the stunting world and totally. head out to LA, which people kind of just started to do that. Yes. You know, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like huge, but it was starting 2000, to happen. 2009, pretty yeah, much. It was kind of starting I remember like my first, Exposure to actually was I was at a super grants because I was doing kind of the double. I was doing both NBL and NASCAR yeah, at the NBA, same time. Yeah, totally. Which a lot of people um, don't. They pick one usually. Yeah, I was doing both, and I was at super grants in, in uh, gosh, where were we? Um, I think we we're in like the San Diego area, actually, okay. Santa Clara, or something like that. And uh, I remember Kim Doe hit me up about uh, uh, a Britney Spears tour thing. No, oh yeah, yeah, the circus yeah. tour. Yeah, Luke Brolic ended up doing it. He did because yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw him there trying out for the dancing. Uh, it was the one and only time I got to be at White Lotus. No way, because we made a little demo there. Actually, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy only, crap. Yeah. So I got to see White Lotus once. Dope. I wish dude. I saw it more no in my way, time, dude, but that's crazy. Yeah. So we got to got to do that, um, but yeah, as far as the NASCAR time frame, it's pretty much like a good four years and wow. like going off like those goals, right? Like one in the 16th century division, yeah. made it to the adults, you know, winning some, winning some. That's just kind of how it goes, you know, back and forth. I mean, it was like uh, me, Matt Emming, and Mark C. Like it was pretty much like yeah. When when it came to like the creative extreme, like when it came to the extreme side of it, when we were in forums, like we were all there. It was just. Battle well, out. It, it's who's on point that yeah. day. Who See drops, how it who goes, misses. you know. Yeah. And uh, so I, I won so much is great. I made it to the U.S. Open stage. Mm-hmm. You know, being on ESPN. You know, I didn't win, which is which is cool. You know, I mean, that's all right. But I made it to that. That's point, the pinnacle you know, of our sport. Been there, you know. Yeah. I, I made it there. I didn't win the ISK title. That's okay. I still won my division on the separate side, of, like the U.S. Open thing and everything. Totally. So like, kind of making it to that point. It's like okay. Where can I go from here? Yeah. You know, I can make it to the US Open stage again. Cool. Could possibly win it. Cool. Could chase that, you know. Or, you know, maybe I'll kind of split off and tone down my competing side of it and start training and, and teaching and yeah. go, like, the business route side of it. And that's kind of where my path decided to split. It's like, let's go. 
karate because that's what I've done since I was totally, four. It's what yeah, I know, yeah. and I know it pretty much, at least I think I know it best. So it kind of brings us full circle, like where we started the conversation, which is when you got the opportunity to like eventually come out here and run a school and stuff like right? that. Yeah, and that's kind of where it went, which is kind of crazy. So for those that don't know, like. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, besides obviously talking about like your incredible contribution to the sport and, you know, talking about your past and stuff, uh, which is we got to reconnect at a gathering called Trick Different yes. uh, held in Colorado Springs. Trick Different Quattro. Yes. Shout out to Luis. The, Shout the man. out. That was an event. That was fun. It was dope, man. But what was cool about it, it was, uh, was not only did I get to see you trick for the first time in forever, which blew my mind, where I was like, dude, he's still throwing down. <laughs> Thank um, you. But it was cool because uh, you and I got to go out and have a lunch along with Matt Milhone at the time. Yes. And, and I think it was really cool to like actually see a different type of discussion at a tricking gathering. Cause back in the day when you're younger, you're just there vibing with your homies, you're, exactly. you're partying, you're getting crazy, you're, yes. you're tr throwing down tricks. But this time we broke away to have a lunch as school owners we did. to talk business <laughs> and numbers <laughs> and strategies. The old men were like, Hey, we're going to leave these kids to their, <laughs> we're going to leave these kids to their festivities. They got their music yeah. blasting. Go do your dub dubs and trips and <laughs> yeah, we'll be over here. Get, go on now and, uh, Play your loud music. It's giving me a headache. I need me some quiet space. Yes, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was, uh, it's kind of crazy how that transition, you know, yeah. um, I am, I love tricking. Totally. I'm all about it. I still do it to this day. Yes. You know, I mean, that's like the, the kind of the, for me, like tricking myself, like is longevity, you know, like yeah. how long can I keep my body to move? How safe can I move and how far can I push your limits? Cause I'm still myself at least my goals like i'm still pushing yeah as hard as i can without breaking myself totally you know? totally um so and i've loved to see where tricking is gone you know it's and crazy. having that conversation is cool too to be able to go to a gathering and still get that like young feel like yeah, oh man yeah. this is a gathering and then be like hey there's some homies let's go talk about some big man stuff <laughs> totally let's talk about business and how you know we interwork things and logistics and stuff and you know it's, it's always fun to bounce ideas that's kind of like the the gathering of the gathering the gathering yes. of minds you know because i mean the the young men and women who do tricking gatherings now they're amazing and their mindset is great and they talk about a lot of great things like i remember being on back with the food trucks and they're yeah, talking yeah. about how to progress tricking in a positive way way you know like the people that are invested in it you know they're looking into like doing things like you doing gyms totally you know how can we do more professional events how can we give back to our community of trickers you know without just you know our brands but having things that can be run as like tournaments with like payouts and like yes. sponsors like so there's yes, like yes. there are minds in the there are young minds in the tricking world that are like hungry for tricking they love it and hungry for the business side of it, which is cool too to see. It's like, okay, we got a lot of entrepreneurs it's in growing. the building right now, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. You know, it didn't always exist in our community. So it's definitely cool to see some people starting to pivot or at least be more aware of what's absolutely possible and what's necessary also. For sure. Cause like you said, you got to a point in your life where you basically had to make the decision. Like, what am I going to yeah. do with my life for a career or for like longevity exactly. of, of existing as a, yes. as a person in society, you know? Yes. Um, so how did you make that transition from teaching at a studio to eventually making the decision to open your own um so pretty much like long story short i was teaching to help run a studio and then uh my business partner now who's also teaching there together we had you know ideas and things we wanted to do and things that we could do to make an even better martial arts studio okay um we had the ideas we had the want we had the need um and we didn't have like full support of like ideas we wanted to do in-house so we we're just like you know like let's 
shoot our shot. Wow. You know, let's let's break off and do our thing. Like no hard feelings to anybody. Business yeah. is business, you know. Uh, and that goes with anything, you know. You, sometimes if you feel like you gotta shoot your shot and do your thing, you know, totally, you just gotta do it, right? It's your life. You only got one chance at it. You exactly. know, exactly. Can't be bound by other you people. Know? So we were uh, we honed uh, up together. It's like, okay, let's uh, let's open this thing up and. You know, we know how to teach because we knew how to teach karate. We've been doing it. You know, we know the ins and outs. I mean, we're pretty much like managing studios. Like, I mean, uh, the unknowns there weren't really too unknown. I mean, you know, it's just some paperwork you got to figure out, you know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, get yourself your accountant, you know, for your taxes and stuff, you know. Get your business license. Yeah, all that, you know, which is pretty, pretty easy to do. You know, I mean, you can search that up on Google and. I mean, it's simple to figure out how to get your business license and all your papers and all that. Totally. And so, I mean, we got that side of it figured out that we didn't kind of know exactly. Okay. Right. And then like open it up, man, find the space, throw the mirrors up, throw the carpet down, paint it up. And there you go. There it is. Dang. And that's cool. And I, I know from someone that's opened a gym before that like it can, it's easy in some in regards that like anyone can technically do it as long as you put in the time and get the resources. Exactly. Yes. But at the same time, I also know it can be a huge pain in the ass. Uh, and it's not it as can, easy yeah. as everyone thinks. Being a business owner in general is definitely a lot more difficult than being an employee sometimes. Right. It's easier to show up, get a guaranteed check as opposed to run something where you yeah, literally exactly. can lose, you know. There's a there's definitely can be more stressors involved. Totally. You know? And it's uh and that's totally the it's one of the perks that comes or not perks, I guess you could say it's a con. Yeah. That comes with the perk of you having your own like baby, right? Totally. Your own like yeah, thing, yeah. right? You know, like there's great things that come with it. There's some stressful sides to it, you know, at times. Um but you just kinda roll with it. And the nice thing is is you know, you, the, the buck stops at you or like, you know, totally. myself, my business partner, right? Stops us. Someone has like a question, comment, concern, you know, the nice thing is our word is our word, you know, like yeah. what we give back and what we feed back is what goes out and, you know, we get to put our ideas in and if we fail, you know, we fail because it's, it was our fault. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, if like we do an idea and it didn't, and it didn't work, well, no one to blame. No one to blame. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, let's take that idea back. Let's deconstruct it. Okay, this worked good. That didn't work good. And let's do it again. That's the that's the beauty of it is you're in full control of like your future in a sense and how things are running to an extent. You know, yeah, yeah. when when uh, COVID came around, that that was kind of one that threw a wrench in the mix to where you know that's like throws in that you're not fully in control of what's going on around you. Yes, that's because there's some like regulations and stuff. So we had to adapt to that for sure um, and everything. So I mean, that's one of the few thing few times where you're not totally in control for a moment of time. It's been frustrating, man. Cause like literally, I don't know about you guys, but we're not allowed to be open even right now. So yeah, they opened you guys up and immediately like shut you guys back down. Yeah. We were open for like three weeks and they shut us down. So we've been closed for four months now. Yeah. Are you guys open or how are you? We are open. So, uh, we got the word to shut down. It was March 15th or 16th. Yeah. Same as ours. And so we were shut down from them all the way up through April. And then we okay. were able to open again come May 1st. No and we've way. been open ever since. Um, now we had to adapt, yeah. you know, because it's all based off, you know, numbers and anything of how many people we have in our studio. So um, we had to look at our studio. We had to adapt it to make it work. So that way, you know, everybody is safe, yeah. you know, staying uh, more than six feet apart. I mean, that's like the regulations. You have to have six feet. We decided to go, you know, eight feet for every student on the lines or anything where they're at because martial arts is movement so yeah. we want to make sure everybody has at least another two feet of space on both sides of them before the next person's even like they're eight feet away from them that totally. way when we're moving as a group we're still keeping that 
distance and stuff, okay. you know, sanitize stations, all that yeah. and everything, you know, one in, one out. So, I mean, we had to adapt a little bit. I mean, that's us as martial artists, right? That's a discipline. You have to adapt to your surroundings. Yeah, yeah. And it's what we, you know, it's what we're taught. Dope. That's cool. At least you guys are still able to function. Uh, have you seen a drop off in numbers because of COVID or is it still No, and that's a nice good? thing. It's been that's pretty awesome. steady. It's been pretty good. I bet people want to go do stuff because they're just tired of being yeah, stuck. Yeah, so that's kind of like the blessing too, right? Like a lot of things have been cut off and our kids that do martial arts, you know, I'm thankful for all our students and they love us, which is great, right? Because they, they love martial arts and they want to be there, totally. you know? So and that's a nice thing is there's not a lot of things going on yeah. that our students can do. I mean, they can do, like other sports are getting started. You know, like, they're kind of starting to do soccer a little bit and mm -hmm. football and everything, but karate is still always there, and they're always there with us, which is nice, you know? So, I mean, it's that one constant. They're like, hey, we know this place is here. We know this yeah. place is safe. We know our senseis are going to be there, and it's kind of like that safe space in the world of unknown going on, right? Well, at least I know I can go do karate. I can get some energy out, and I'm going to be around people that want to see me, totally. that are happy yeah, to yeah. see, you know? Like, every day we see our students is a great day. Yeah, you know, yeah, every day that we're open right now is a great day, and that's because we know we're helping them. But honestly, they're helping us. You know, our mental side of it, you know, keeping us happy is knowing that they're in that building every day, totally. kicking and screaming. Yeah, yes. You know, kicking, screaming, laughing, having a good old time. So that helps during this, you know, crazy time of things that are going on. Is you know, our students are here and they're Dope. doing stuff and supporting us, and we're supporting them. So it's a beautiful thing. Hell yeah. And I'm, I'm asking questions about the gym just because solely because I know there are a lot of our viewers out there that are starting to get to that age in their life where they're trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Am I going to try to go to college? Am I going to try to yeah, start my own brand? Am I going to try to open a studio? So it's good for them, I feel like, to hear these other you know, business entrepreneurs within the tricking and martial arts community and seeing like how they did it. So when you opened your gym, was it self-funded? Did you get a loan? How did you go about doing that initial startup cost? So, so that's probably the, the biggest first part. startup cost. Uh, we did do a loan. Okay. SBA loan. Um, okay, cool. So through small business yep. administration. Yep. Okay. So we got SBA loan. Um, we found our, uh, nice thing is we, we found our spot opened up, uh, the build out for our studio was included in that, which is nice. It's, you know, negotiate totally you know i mean learn some negotiation you yes. know it definitely helps you know if someone tells you no there's always a yes in there yeah you know you just gotta find that yes so you just gotta be able to work with somebody you know so uh nice thing is part of our build out was with us getting into our studio which was a good thing you know cool. we were able to you know get our first couple months free on rent same as mine yeah you know because yeah, i mean do that. most places i think are kind of like that anyways because they know you have to get in yeah, with no, going, when you you're know, not generating revenue. Like, technically yeah. a goose egg, yeah. you know? So, I mean, most people are nice to that, um, which was cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of when we started as SBA loan. And then we got in there and started doing a thing. Uh, that's since been completely paid off. That's gone. Dope, dope. You know, which, I mean. That's the best. Pay bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. it's how you of run course. it, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's how we started um, is how we got our foot in the door to do things, which is kind of how most people yeah. kind of go about. Either you have the equity up front first and if not well it's okay it's like going to college get yourself a little loan work, yeah. you know work it out pay it off it's all good so and between you and your business partner are you guys pretty much running the entire thing like between you two at all times or do you have other staff and teachers underneath you guys yeah so we have other staff underneath us so um we're both there every day okay and then we have three other instructors right now um another like main head instructor that runs everything and a couple uh, other instructors as well um, teenagers, Dope. you know, we hire our own yeah, black yeah. belts and yeah. stuff, you know, so they're like in high school, way, you know, yeah. like sensei, I want a job. I'm in high school and I don't want to flip burgers or anything. So yes. it's like, all right, I'll let you, if you want to hang out with some kids, let's do it. You know, if you're all right, 
teaching kids how to do karate. Let's go. So um, there's the five of us. So myself and then three other instructors, myself, my business partner, three other instructors. So okay. not a, it's not a crazy big operation as far as like people in the building. And that's just because we don't need that many. Yeah, which totally. Which is nice. You know I mean? You have two instructors per class at every time, which is totally great. Sometimes you have the three and one of us at the front desk if need be. And I mean, super, super smooth. That's dope, super dude. Smooth. And so, like, uh, are you guys more focused on kids programs, adult programs, and, like, how many days a week you guys open teaching? So, for right now, with uh, COVID and the restrictions, we operate on a one-day and a two-day-week schedule. Okay. So, we have students that can come once a week or twice a week. Okay. And that's just a mixture because of our population of how many students we have. We can't have students coming more than, like, two days a week because mm. we got to keep our numbers safe for our students and okay. our families and everybody. Um, so, that's what we're operating on now is a one-day and a two-day-week program. Uh, we have... Multiple age level programs. So we have a three to five year old program, which is our mini wow, ninjas, just our young. little tiny tykes, which it's so fun to teach. Dude, that's Them kids funny. are crazy. And then we got a six to eight year old program, which we call our junior samurais. And then we have our, you know, our nine to 16 year old program, which is our cool. youth and teen program. And then we offer an adult program. Um, for our adults, I have a normal karate class. Nice. Um, right now, I got what's called my mom class. So I have a bunch of moms that bring their kids to karate, and they do karate, too. Nice. So I got a quote-unquote mom class. So I got a bunch of mom ninjas in there. That's dope. And then uh, we also have, like, a striking kickbox class, too, for anybody that wants to just get in there and okay. hit, hit some stuff. Hit some stuff, yeah. You yeah. know, just hit some stuff. Do you guys teach tricking at all or any elements of acrobatics? Yes, we do. So um, Monday through Thursday would be, like, our normal karate days right yes, teaching our katas all that katas weapons self-defense all your core curriculum stuff fridays are our specialty day where you know we run our tricking program and our competition class for our kids that cool. compete so friday is like our day where we do kicks and tricks and then we do our competition class right after so like they'll do their hour tricking class and then bam right into competition class nice run your katas let's go let's prepare for tournaments which right now are on hold so yeah we're just we're just prepping for whenever they let us loose. So. Crazy. And so, like, just as a general question out there for kids that are listening and maybe intrigued on trying to follow the same path, is there any single piece of advice that you would have for a kid that's interested in opening their own studio? So just, like, for give you some time to think about it. For example, when people ask me about, like, what's the one piece of advice you give me about opening a gym? I would always be, like, uh, budget your money and then plan for more expenses. Exactly. That's my piece. That of is a perfect <laughs> one, which I was going to say, like, make sure you know what you're getting yourself like into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't bite off more than you can chew. You can be ambitious. Right. But don't be so ambitious that you go broke. Um, totally. I look at like, if you're going to start into it, um, research your buildings. Yes. You know, research what you're at. Look at yeah, what, um, look at what the lease owner wants. You know, you don't have to sign a lease to talk to somebody to negotiate. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you can get yourself a realtor or you can just go up to most places that have a number on the door, yep. call them up. Hey, how much is the space for a square foot? And look at more than one option. Like when we were looking at to open our studio, we looked at multiple buildings and we decided on the one that fit us best. Um, and honestly, a lot of times location is key. Um, I say that with martial arts studios. Um, and the reason location is key is because you want to be seen by the public. A lot of things is word of mouth or like drive-by. So yeah. like us, we're in a strip mall right next to a Walmart. Totally. So like the whole city of Everyone Syracuse is shopping there. So like we're seen. People know us. If people are like, oh, uh, you want to do Walmart. karate? Yeah. Oh, there's karate place right there by Walmart. Wow. You know, like that's – so I mean location is key. Try to find, I guess, you know, the best location that would suit for you. And definitely in your budget. Yeah. For sure. Uh I'd say another piece of advice is think of it as also like your, your life, right? Like almost like not living outside your means totally. and stuff, you know, totally, like, Hey, yeah, like yeah. 
you know how much you make in like, okay, this is how much I got for rent, bills, you know, food, fun, yes, all that stuff. Yes, yes. It, that correlates right over, which I kind of, that's the way I see, totally. you know, running a studio. It's like, okay, that's just my life again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is how much I make. All right. This is how much needs to go out for rent, bills, expense, everything. And then, you know, stack cash. Yeah, yeah. In savings. Kids, it's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, have your rainy day fun, you know, for sure. Um, to pay your bills on time, you totally. know, like always. I mean, it's just all simple stuff in life that you got to do. But, yeah, I mean, having a, a savings is great, too, because you never know when pandemic hits. COVID. You know, having some savings is good to use and or anything like that. And yeah. then uh, flipping over. But, yeah, definitely, definitely look into your spots first. Same thing you would say. 100%. Have yeah. Have your budgeting. Have an idea. Be prepared for it to cost a little bit more for some hiccups in the row because nothing is ever going to be perfect when you start. Especially your first time. You know, um, and then definitely make sure you are honed in on your craft, right? Know what you want to teach, how you want to teach it, your schedule. Have it out there. That way you're, when you start running, you start running. Hell yes. And you're good to go. Yeah. So at this point, man, obviously you're focused on the business. You're a married man. You know what I'm yes, saying? Like, sir. how often are you still training personally and tricking per week? Per week. Yes. I try to trick at least once a week. Okay. At least once a week. If hard session. Yeah. Like full out. It is. My once a week is always a hard session because <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it what? So let me ask this question. Is it once a week because you need to recover the other days or is it because <laughs> of lack of time? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yes and no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's kind of like the time I get to do hard sessions. Is yeah. pretty much my hard session. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a Friday or Saturday night, or it's gonna be a Friday night or like a Saturday like morning okay. time frame. Um, I find myself in my old age, yes. tricking better earlier in the day than later at night. Me too, dog. I am becoming too, a dog. sleepy old man. The lights yeah. start to dim and I start to sleep. Dude, <laughs> like me and Bailey were talking the other day. It's like nine, ten o'clock. We're like, all right, dude, uh, I'm going to start winding down. Yeah, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do at least a hard session. I try to once a week. Cool. Um, the only time that doesn't happen is, you know, if uh, business stuff gets in the way. Which, if that is what it is, I mean, that's just life. So, every now and again, like, we do special events, you know. If that's booked on the Friday or Saturday, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's my life, which is cool. And if I need to supplement somewhere else, you know, if I got some time during the day where I'm not teaching, I might throw a couple kicks for fun and everything. But sometimes uh, in my downtime, I just like to have my downtime, you know. Lay out on the floor, stretch out watch videos on the <laughs> IG, watch all these young bucks exactly. pulling back out, quad swings, trip trips and all this, and just Bro. sit there and be like, yeah, get hype. But yeah, for me, sessioning, definitely once a week for sure. Okay. I definitely try to. Um, and if anything gets in the way, like, okay. Yeah, There's yeah. always another day. It's always, I was, and I was going to ask you, like, A, uh, how's your body holding up in general after all these years? And then B, how up to date are you with the 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 scene in its current state right, all right now. All right, so my body holds up okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my body holds up all right. He said okay. It holds up okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a spring rooster yeah, anymore. Dude, trust, I feel. Um, it holds up pretty well. I mean, obviously when I hard session, I'm definitely sore that next day. Yeah. For sure. Like, I'm pretty much sore there in that night. Like, okay. my quads be killing, totally you know? Totally. Uh, so I'm definitely sore for, like, that next day after. But, like, if I train hard on a Saturday, come, like, Monday, it's pretty much it's pretty much all right. Okay, You know, cool. so it's not as bad. Um, 
as, you know, it, it could be. And I think that's because my job is so, like, my career is so, like, mobile. Yeah, You know, yeah. it's where I have to, like, I stretch my classes. I walk around. I have to show some kicks every now and again, which I'll be sore. I'll be throwing some round kicks, like, oh, yo, boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it holds up all right, you know. I'm not kidding anymore. I can't just, like, session every day of the week. Totally. Without, like, feeling like I'm going to break. Um, I mean, I've had, like, slight little injuries come around, like, you know, a little bit of hamstring tendonitis which i think is kind of just being a martial artist and a kicker all yeah, the time like you're course. gonna you kick your legs a lot all the time eventually they're gonna kind of start to have a little bit of wear and tear on you but yep nothing a little stretching a little foam roll can't help alleviate a little bit you know <laughs> i mean you use it or you lose it yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so you got gotta do your leg exercise kids do them leg exercises, do them saying. hammy pulls and stuff. Don't take it for granted, guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I mean the body holds up pretty well, you know. And I uh and that's why I kinda like keep that hard session to once a week is give my time give my time give my body if I could talk yeah. time to recover. <laughs> that way I can keep doing it. Cause you know, like, yeah, I could find a way to do it all day, every day. Like there's there's time there where I could do it, but it's like hey, What's my body limit? You yeah, know? yeah. Like, I want to do a hard session a week and, like, go in. Like, I want to do everything at the top level I can, go big, go home, and then rest. Yes. And then get out again. I've noticed that for myself, that works great for me. Okay. You know, um, leading up to, like, tri Trick Different Quattro, uh, I knew, like, okay, I might get roped into a battle on accident. Totally. Like someone might be like, Hey, you want to be on tea with me? And be like, uh, all right, sure. You know? So leading up to that, like if it's like an event, I'll do like, I'll try to hit like a two or three day a week thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To, Cause, uh, and the reason is, is the young kids, they get you on the floor, man. Like you see them going and Dude. like, you're like, yo, and then you got to remember like, yo, this body though. Right. So, uh, you gotta learn that pace. So if I'm going to go into like an event or something, I'll up it up a little bit. That way I know if I'm going to be tricking for like, about two days straight yeah. in a sense yeah, yeah. that I'll be able to hold up through like the first day, throw a couple things for fun. And the second day, let's say I'm like get roped into team battle, which is complete nonsense. So like, I, it, nothing made me happier than watching you battle. <laughs> I was dying laughing. I was like, please hit him with it. <laughs> All right, uh, it was a, it was, oh man, it was, it was a fun experience. Yeah. For sure. You know, I'm glad I got blessed to be in that. You totally. know, uh, shout out to young Malcolm. He's the one that wrote me into it. He's uh, like, yo, I, dope. yeah, Malcolm, he uh, wrote me into it. He's like, yo, I got a couple people on the team. We got, we got a battle. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I got Jordan. Oh man, let's do it. I was like, uh, that's so funny. Like, all right, like I'll get in there. And, uh, it, it, it's cool to still get out the floor against the kids. Like, you know. Battling is great. I love it. It's fun to do. Like, I don't expect to go out there and, like, win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, at my age, right? if I'm going to team battle somebody, it's like, you know, you got the old guy, right? Like, just throw down a couple passes to yeah, stand out. You know, yeah. It's like, hey, I'm here, you know? Like, why not share <laughs> yeah. the floor with the kids and have fun, you know? Um, and I don't mean to call you kids and be disrespectful, but yeah. you're, you're younger than me, you're you young kids, adults, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a good time and it's fun. And, and I do keep up. So, like, on to the second question, like, keeping up in community, yes. I, you know, I follow. Everybody who's everybody right now. Okay. You know, like I'm, I'm watching them, you know, every kid out of Japan that's slaying it. Dope. Everybody that's you know, out in the UK <laughs> slaying it. Yeah. All of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I follow, I follow everybody. I mean, and I even follow our old homeboy friends, you know, yes. I, I still watch Danny and Anise and Jeremy. I still keep up to date and Kyle on, on what they're doing in their personal life. You know, like they're on set and they're doing things. Yeah, so yeah. not only do I follow all the guys that are tricking and, and pushing and winning or anything, I follow all the 
old goats. Dope. As well, you Dope. know, because I like to see what everybody's doing. You know, I like to see the young uh, young guns pushing it and doing things and getting hype on them and commenting. Like, I, I love it. I'm all about it. And it's crazy. Seeing, you know, the, the goats of their time uh, pushing their careers and making that paper. And I'm in there, too. Like, yes, like, let's go. Like, so wild. go do them stunts. <laughs> Dude, it's wild. I remember back when there wasn't a scene in Asia. And now I look at the guys in Japan and China and I'm like, oh. They're about to take this entire it game is, over, guys. It is awesome. Be careful. It yeah. is It is awesome. It is cool to see, and uh, I love it. I, I love it, and I love that, you know, um, tricking is a little bit more open now to the masses, it which is. is great. It is. And it's also there's a little bit more um, knowledge there. And there's a little bit more acceptance, too, you know, um, which is great. Not to say, like, back then it was a little bit more harsh in a sense, but, I mean, it was, a little bit, it was definitely competitive. But there came yeah. a time where there was, like, you got to kick. Yes. Or, you yeah. know, oh, you're just twisting. And, like, there was, like, that battle there. There was tension for a you while. You know, there was, yeah. like, some tension. And, like, I understood it. You know, like, I, like, I could see both sides. Of course. You know, but I was a dude that was kind of, I was in the background going, I like doing both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like to jump and spin. It's a good time, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and there's some tension there. It's nice to see, like, now it's not so big, you know? It's really um, not. It's really, it's just all about moving now, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, exactly, you know? And, you know, who's to, who's to say that one way's better than another? You know, like, if you got great kicks and you showcase it and you're, like, doing some stuff, like, yo, you're, you are a tricker. Yeah. You are a tricker. You're throwing some spins there. You're throwing your kicks, like, you're part of the community. Yo, respect. Totally. Right? You're in there. Twisting, power moving it up. Joe, respect. Respect, you know? dog. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you just hit your first butterfly flip. Respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, and exactly. I uh, I try to be that guy too. Like if I'm, I mean, I don't get to go out to gatherings much. I never did when I was younger either. I was kind of just like that in the shadows yeah, kind yeah. of thing, you know. But when I go to gatherings, I like to be the hype man for everybody, you know. Yeah. The, the dude throwing 100%. down hardcore and the, the dude just landing his first B kick. Yeah, like, yeah. You know that because you never know, right? That support it, can go. It could be the first a trick in the whole you journey. Know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of like breaking into the sport of tricking is very um, scary, I guess I could say. Totally. For, for somebody, you know, totally. it can be very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you see these dudes and you're like, yo, like, will I ever be able what? to do you know, that? And, like, yeah, the, yeah. your exposure right now is, is the kings, the goats, are like these kids killing it. So you like, you go searching tricking and you got quads and trips <laughs> and yeah. dub dubs and you're just like, <laughs> Let's look at something else I want to yeah, get into, yeah. or you know, um, I'm sure that the appeal is there, though. You know, the hard work to get there is a long road. So totally. I mean, anybody that looks to get into it, like I can see it being intimidating. But the nice thing is, is if you got people around you that are motivating and help you out, you know, it makes it a lot better because you don't know who the next show say or Johan or Mike or you never know, know, bro, or who's gonna be. You know, I mean, you never know who your next like uh, Ramses. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. gonna be your next Velu, totally, you know. Totally. You don't know who your next Scotty Skelton's gonna be, you know. Yeah, you yeah. don't know, and because uh, it all starts somewhere. So I just like to be that guy that kind of hypes everybody, because you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. We're starting to get to that point where we're seeing like generational kids like come up. Like there's a kid that used to go to White Lotus back in the days named Corbin Reinhardt. Yes, he. Uh, we met him when he was first learning how to do any flips. Now he's a sponsored athlete on Tempest Freerunning, and he's a character on Ultimate Tag on Fox. There we go. I'm like, okay, I remember when he was learning how to there flip you, at my gym. Exactly. You know, like, this is insane. Exactly. You know? It's cool. And, uh, and that was the, I mean, going back to Trick Different Quattro, that was a very cool thing of, you know, doing that. And another shout out to Luis for, yes. like, you know, 
had me be out there, you know, as like a guest. And he was like, man, let's be a guest. I was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Totally. Who's this old piece of dirt, you know? And, and totally. That was the cool thing is, uh, you know, talking to all the guys and, and meeting people and, and, you know, it was cool to see, like, generations. And, yes. and the funny thing is when you trick and someone comes up to you, man, like, you're good. Yeah, like, this really cool, like, old school style and flow. And you're like, yeah. Because I am old school. <laughs> I am, you know. Like, your style a little old school, man. It's like, well, I was born and bred in that, yeah. you know. Much love. Thanks. Props. Appreciate it. And, and it's a cool thing. To, it was cool to hop in the scene of all the young guns and, yeah, and be there, you know, and, uh, and share the love and the floor with them and, and kind of almost be the, the unknown, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, people, some people, like, knew, like, the car people that knew me from back there then, and most people were like, Who's that guy? Who's this guy? Yeah, totally. You know? He's like, oh. He's like, oh, he's the guy laying on his head. Like, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny talk. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. But, yeah, I, I keep up, and I I love it. Yeah. You know, I it to me, it, it's what pushes me to get in the gym. You know, like, I want to put my old man clips out yes. there. You know, I want to see, you know, people see my stuff, and I want to see their stuff, you know. And uh, I am old-minded, too. I do hoard clips yeah yeah I'm of just course like, mm, this is for me maybe i'll release it later you know i mean because i was like in our generation like, yeah you, you held for you samplers held you held for samplers and you also like held until you saw people live sometimes it was a different exactly. different and time that when was we kind of part of the competitive side of it too is like and luckily for i mean i'm not sure if it would change a little bit competitive wise but you know um like i never owned my own camera yeah i yeah, never filmed totally. myself like I'm lucky enough there's people around me that wanted to film me doing tricks. Like, the reason I have a sampler, like, and I really only have one sampler is yeah, because yeah. of Dan totally. Perez. And the reason I have that sampler is because Jeremy Marinas pulled me into a sampler battle with Jefferson Lewis. So funny. <laughs> so really, the, the only reason I really have that, like, sampler out there is because it kind of got, like, roped in or anything. But, um, yeah, like, kind of hiding your stuff was kind of having that thing in the pocket because then you show up to a tournament and it was in your yes. routine, like... That's Nobody knew what you're hitting with, and now you can still do that same way, right? Like you can release it the day before, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's say you're going to a tournament and you release that stuff Friday morning. You're competing Friday night. Your competition might slide on that and be like, "Oh, oh, I got up in one snap." Yeah. Okay, you know. So, um, I think if you know social media was like it was back in the day, that's kind of how I would play. You know, like I, you know, you'd put your stuff out there for fun, and like there's something coming up, be like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep pull back, keep these for a second, yeah, yeah. you know, and then. And then you could release it, you know, out. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I I just interviewed a guy who uh, his episode came out last week. He's a uh, he's on Ultimate Tag also, and he's like a parkour speed competition yes. winner. When you go on his Instagram, he has zero speed runs of him. And I was like, you know, it's kind of weird. You just have like training clips of you kind of just like jumping around. He's like, I don't want anyone to know how fast I am. Exactly. And I was like, oh, it's good to see there's still some guys with the old school mentality out there. Yes, you know? that is uh, a yeah. that's good. You know, there's nothing uh, nothing wrong with Showing your skill. Not at all. You know, not and all. nothing wrong with hiding your skill. Yeah. You know, I mean, when people ask, like, hey, what, what big moves are you making next? You'll see. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah. You know, you'll know. You'll see what's kind of going on and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's that. And that's a cool side of it, too, to, you know, be able to show off and, and not even like show off, but show your skill. Totally. Right? Yeah, yeah. And be like, you know, here it is. Here's what's at. You know, I land this new thing. Where, what's up, boys? Where you at? Are you chasing? Are you coming yeah. with? Or what? Are you going to be left in the dust? Exactly. You know, which yeah, yeah. that's. I see that as a new competition now, right? You, and it's it's like competitive and at the same time non-competitive because you have people that's like, me, never going to trip 
trip. <laughs> <laughs> quad no like just not in the know, cards like, anymore triple four yeah. like i'll hit that every once in a while but like anything above that like yo papa likes Pro- his knees and his ankles the way they are they making me money yeah. standing on him you know i'm not exactly. looking for a blown out or anything at the time totally <laughs> well, i mean it takes us a week to recover from a session what about an yeah, injury <laughs> <laughs> i'll see y'all in three years yeah, exactly <laughs> um, yeah. for sure so i mean Seeing people throw their stuff out there, it's awesome. It's a it's a blessing, you know. Yeah, it's great that yeah, yeah. how quick things can go up. Because I mean, back in the DSL days of having to you know download a bilang sampler, and totally. it took more time to download the thing they did to watch it. Yeah, yeah. You're and you're still hours. not watching it on like good quality. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, We're talking 360p. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's the crazy. days, the days. So, um, but it it is awesome, and it's cool to see. Hell yeah. I love watching everybody get out there, you know. Um, anybody that throws, like, a follow pretty much at me, I'll pretty much, like, follow them back because, like, Dope. it's like, dude, like, you know, oh, what you working on? Oh, you know, you're working on your your aerials and stuff, your beat kicks, your butterfly twists. You're oh, sweet, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, you know, like, it's awesome. That's it's cool. Dope, yeah. That's dope, man. Well, we've talked about a lot pretty much from the past all the way up to current day. So, like, one of the things I always ask the homies for we get out of here kind of to uh, give me some insight into, like, what they're thinking about and also so we can touch base in the future and see, like, where we're at. Absolutely. Is, uh, is the famous question that some have an answer to, some don't, so. which is uh, where do you see yourself five years from now and then where do you see yourself ten years from now? Five and ten. Um, yeah. Five years from now, doing the same thing. Okay, cool. Ten years from now, doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Simple you know, answer. You know, uh, life is, the only constant in life is change. Yes, you know? true. Um, I want to keep doing martial arts and tricking as long as I can. Okay. That is my five-year, 10-year goal. You know, I yeah, want to yeah. be, you know, I'm hitting 31 in November. When I hit, you know, 40, 10 years from now, I still want to throw it down. Dope, I dope. still want to be doing kicks and tricks and, you know, hopefully make it to a gathering. Like, why not? I'd be That'd like, be hey, sick, what's dog. up, young kids? Hey, it's my bedtime <laughs> now. Sick, yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of here, you know? So, um, yeah, I still want to be uh, being a part of martial arts. And being a part of martial arts tricking and being, you know, in that realm. Um, I would love for my family to grow bigger. Okay. You know, right now it's me and the wifey, yep. you know. Why not have some little derblins run dope, around, you dope. know. Yes. You know, I would love for that to happen, you know. Some some children along the way, cool. you know, to pass down anything that they want, you know. If they want to get into tricking and kicking and screaming, like, let's go. If yep. not, like, let's go too. Dope. You know, so yeah, my five-year, ten-year plan, man, is to... Keep training, keep doing what I love. Okay, you know, uh, grow my family. You know, my wife's my number one. Yes, she's the yes. she's the woman. She's awesome. You know, in fact, actually, uh, this weekend's our marriage anniversary. No so way! Shout out to the wifey. I Dude, love you. Thanks for letting you stop by quick to do this. <laughs> yes, right. Um, yeah, uh, two years of marriage and uh, going on this November uh, twelve years of actually being together. Wow. Yeah. So that's she, awesome, she's man. my ride or die, man. That's wild. Been with me forever and everything. So she's great. So yeah, I'm just you know she is part of my future too. So I look forward to spending many more years Dude, with her and, awesome, and growing our life and. Yeah, you know, karate and tricking will be there too. Hell yes, you know? dude. So. Looking forward to seeing what happens, man. It's crazy. Like I said, uh, all the way back to the Don, the Dragon Wilson class, <laughs> Dragon Hollywood, Hollywood classics, <laughs> all the way up to seeing you at Trick Different. You know, it, it's been a, a surreal experience, dude. And I'm glad that we got to like finally sit down in a proper arena and uh, talk about it's some great, experiences. It's great, man. man. I appreciate 
I appreciate you and everything you do for the community and uh, having me on the show, man. It's people like you that make it great and open the eyes to more masses. And, you know, shout out to all you young bucks out there tricking and pushing the sport because yeah. our sport would not be where it is for our old goats. Respect. Totally. You know, the guys that started it and the guys now. And, and the ladies now, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, it is becoming a fair sport for everybody. And, you know, those who are pushing it are pushing it. So much respect to everybody around pushing our sport of – Martial arts tricking and oh, martial yes. arts in general because that's what keeps it alive. Positivity and the want to go. A hundred, you know? So shout out to everybody doing their work and putting in their dues. Y'all are killing it. Y'all are at least making me proud. You exactly. Know? Yeah, you know, yeah, if it's any yeah. consolation, if it's any words, you know, coming from this old guy over here, <laughs> y'all are killing it and I appreciate it. Dude, so. hell yeah, man. Well, uh, on, on behalf of everyone else in the community, thanks for everything you've done for the sport. And uh, Thank you. we're looking forward to seeing what happens in the future, man. Absolutely. So, hell yeah. Before we get out of here, can you just look in that camera and let people know where they can stay up to date with your journey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't post very much and often, but you can find me on Facebook, just Josh Durbin. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I have two accounts. My tricking account is uh, J underscore Durbin 89. And then my karate account for like my studio stuff is uh, sensei underscore Josh D. So uh, that's where you can follow me doing all my stuff, brother. Well, guys, as always, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jam Cast, interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Josh Durbin himself. So with that being said, guys, I got to give a very special shout out to our guest this week. Once more, Mr. Josh Durbin, thanks for coming through. Yo, thank you. I appreciate it. Much love, everybody. Much love. (laughs) And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jam Cast. And until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace out, world. Let's go.